Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. We should be live for the first women's flag uh, podcast with First and Fifteen. Um, I will be hosting today, hopefully... This will be a good first run for us. So I am Louise. I played for the Warwick Wolverines for a long time back in the UK. And I'm now over in Germany playing for the Waldorf Wanderers. Um, Helen, we'll pass over to you. Uh, yeah, um, I play for the Black Widows, which is where I got my love for flag football. Still involved with the club. Um, moved over to start a team in South Wales, South Wales Harpies. And then mixed teams, I play for Coventry Pistons, which is in the Outlaw League. And Flag and Ballsy. Very nice. And Heather? Hi, I'm Heather. Um, I play for the East Kilbride Pirates. I've been playing now for five years. Um, I'm also on the um, BAFA committee for Women's National Flag Football League. Um, and mixed teams I play for. I play for lots of different mixed teams. Um, but this com- coming season, I'll be playing for Aberdeen Oil Cats. Very good. I think we may have lost Ruth or I don't know why she got booted out, but hopefully she's going to come back. But we'll get her to introduce herself once she's popped back in anyway. So um, we are going to start with, um, we have discussed it before on previous podcasts with First and Fifteen, but um, I think probably a good one to start with from a woman's perspective, seeing as we have a group of women here together today. And um, that is what women or what we should be called when we play specifically, I guess, in mixed teams. Um, obviously, we've all said, I think, that we have some experience. There's Ruth. Yeah. Ruth, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apologies. I've had to rush downstairs. Hi, I'm Ruth. Um, I play with um, Heart of Hurricanes, the um, Southwest Harpies, and, of course, the Black Widows as well. Perfect. So we were just going to start our first topic of uh, what we should be called, especially within a mixed environment. So um, I don't know, Heather, would you like to jump in first? Well, I think probably one of the things I was going to say is obviously this year um, will be the first year that we're actually no longer going to have Opal um, and it's going to be the Women's National Flag Football League. Um, It was one of the things that um, I wanted to sort of do once I kind of got onto committee. So I think for myself, that's how like I feel that we should be referred to is is women. Um, And it's saying that we have the GB women's team as well. Um, It is a difficult one. Um, I've been speaking to um, one of the teams that I'm part of today. And it really gave them something to have a think about when I asked them, I was like, how do you refer to me? It's like, you're Heather, that's it, you know. (laughs) Certainly from my point of view, I've been, um, the teams that I've been involved in have been, like, I feel like it's been quite an equal sort of standing that I've been on. Um, Certainly the first mixed team that I was on, um, they voted in captains and they voted for the mixed team. They had two female captains and one male captain for the first time they actually got to vote for it. Um, So I think that I would say that, I wouldn't say I'm lucky. I feel like I have, I'm in a position that is deserved of us all, that um, I'm treated as an equal. Um, So um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I think when I also, if I refer to the pirates, they're my girls. Um, and I think I have the ability to do that because I'm female. Whereas I think obviously if the guys refer to us as girls, it's not seen in the same length. Um, but I do think that it's a difficult one because I think when you look at men, it's boys, guys, men, whereas we're girls and then we're women. There's not this kind of, it's this difficult middle ground of what do you call us? But 
Yeah, that's my thoughts. I don't have a proper answer for you apart from the official yeah. answer that I've given how I see it. But yeah, I, I don't have an actual answer that I think um, literally sums it all up and, can, and we can go forward with. So yeah, if anyone else wants to jump in. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, definitely a difficult thing. Um, can we just quickly, for anyone who's maybe not sure, perhaps as um, guys, maybe girls as well, who aren't sure about why Opal was changed, what was the um, reasoning behind that, just so that we can clarify that for everyone? So I think it's, it is it is on the idea of sort of being treated as equal. I think that when I joined in, I, I think I laughed when I found out that I was going to be, I played contact at the time. So it was obviously, it was this idea that all the women's football elements in the UK was named after gemstones. And it was like, you, you know, it was just this weird thing. So you have Opal, which was obviously flag. You have Sapphire, which is the contact equivalent um, of the league. And then there was this other thing that was called Diamond, which was where the North and the South contact teams would then play a, a contact game. So you'd come out outside of your club um, and you'd play in this series called the Diamond Series. And I, I mean, you could have called it something like, let's all go play in the pink fluffy league next week. I mean, I just didn't, I was just like, what? Like, why is it called Opal? And why do we need to be kind of wrapped up in gemstones? And you know, I, oh, anyway, so one of the things I was like when I joined was, you know, and, and again, it, you know what, it's actually a lot of um, our coach, my, my, a lot of my coaches are male, um, was this idea of saying as well that they didn't think it was, they can see the, 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 the I don't want to say stupidity, because someone's obviously come up. <laughs> No. <laughs> absolutely i think it's possibly something people don't think about until it exists but um that's fantastic ruth um would you like to jump in with any kind of opinion on the what do we call ourselves oh, oh she's gone no. helen we'll jump to you then <laughs> yeah i was gonna say um on the mixed team i play with the commentary pistons have been really welcoming you know i just another member of the team but i think the question is around when you're trying to call someone into huddle so they it can be a bit strange when people go, guys, come over, because I've personally got no problem with it. My only problem is is if someone says, oh, and girl, at the end, which doesn't happen to me there at all, but it's happened to me in the past. So it's just being part of the team is the main thing, not being. And, and I saw a post today that said, let the boys play, and then they'd put in brackets, and girls. And it's just that little, are you an afterthought? And, oh, I suppose girls can play as well. It's It's that that gets to me. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, I don't have a problem with the word guys, but having that and girl at the end, make, it also yeah. isolates you. The only one. Yes. Like if they would say, right, guys and girls come over. Yeah. It still sounds a bit weird, but um, and girl always sounds a bit odd at the end. <laughs> so. Even in the women's team, I'll say guys come over. It's just uh, I don't see it as gendered guys personally, but I know that it would yeah. perhaps offend some. But Ruth, do you have a different opinion? Same opinion? Yeah, I don't think there's any real right answer. I mean, I think, you know, people try and be inclusive by saying, okay, guys, oh, sorry, and girls. Mm -hmm. You know, they're trying they're trying to do the right thing by being inclusive and making sure they're not calling you a guy. But unfortunately, by saying that, they're actually singling you out. Yeah. So they're saying, okay, guys, oh, and you, you come too. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing, but I'd rather just be one of the guys, one of the fellas. Like if you say, hey, fellas, let's go, like, I'm happy being a fellow, yeah. I'm happy being a lad, like I don't mind, like whatever collection, collective term you use, great. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to a male coach before and um, he was like, okay, girls, bring it in. And he saw me like, mm. he's like, what's wrong? I was like, well, he's like, do you not like being called a girl? I was like, well, I mean, what would you say if I told you that you threw like a girl? 
Yeah. Okay, what would you say if I told you that you ran like a girl? Would it be something that you kind of aspired to do? Would you be very happy about that? Like, it's all these kind of bad ways that girls are referred to. And, you know, we're trying to sort of claim it back with like the hashtag like a girl, play like a girl, fight like a girl, you know, all these uh, other things that we see. But I just don't think it's, I just don't think we're there yet, to be honest. Yeah. I feel far is, too is old to be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the other thing. Do you feel like there's a difference between whether we use the word ladies or girls? Like in Germany, for example, we say boys and girls, but I I don't know if it has like the linguistical connection that it does in English. What do you think about girls as opposed to ladies or women's? I think so. For me, yeah, you're saying that you'd. So I'm 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 definitely not a girl when it comes to yeah. age. 37 but if yeah. someone calls me a lady I, I feel like I'm instantly 57 yeah. so in my head. <laughs> and I feel like maybe it's just my sort of the way in which I think and I kind of try and feel that I'm still young and like you know I like a girl for me <laughs> that's how I would refer to myself I feel like if someone calls me a lady I'm like oh I don't yeah. want to do that <laughs> so I think women for me is probably the yeah I'm a woman that's fine yeah, right. like I'm not my nan. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I think to a certain extent. So that's why it's so yeah. difficult. It is. Because like as you're saying you're kind of you're not a girl, you're a, you, you may be a lady or a woman. Whereas I'm but, like, yeah. I feel like I'm still like useful, like a girl. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's not else if we don't know as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? But yeah. Really la lady's not right either, is it? <laughs> don't really want to play like a lady, do you? <laughs> Yeah, that kind of defies the point, I think. <laughs> Sorry about the crying. My son has chosen the perfect moment to wake up. <laughs> okay. Um, so that little crying interlude might be a good way to move us on to our second topic, which is football with family. So it could be either um, that you have your own kids who are there on the sidelines, perhaps, or it could be um, a partner or that you're... You know, parents or family who come to watch how do you manage supporting your own family or having your family supporting you does anyone want to take a first dibs on that one yeah I'll go um so my son was nine when I started playing contact and I was a single parent so he used to have to come with me to practice if I was going to practice he'd have to come with me so he used to sit out in the wind and the rain and watch me and he's 16 this year and hopefully he's going to be playing some flag with me on the same team which i think is so exciting That's but he yeah and he started playing contact with tamworth phoenix as well so it's definitely encouraging him to show how great women are ladies girls <laughs> you know i think it's a really good role model for him just to see the rest of the team as well because there's so many so much diversity in a football team i think it's just a great upbringing for him to be around such amazing people. So that's coaches, players, everyone. I think it would be a really cool concept to play on the same field as one of your children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Ruth, you have a younger one. Did you ever have the issue of like a really young one on the sideline with you? Because nine, I think they can handle themselves, but maybe a little bit younger. So yeah, my first game, my first game was a contact game and it was raining and he spent the whole time in his car seat because uh, I don't think he was one yet when we had our first game. Um, no, he must have been just—he uh, <laughs> must have just been one because I remember him taking his first steps the morning oh. of my first game. Um, so I was like, "This is a good omen, guys." My little one's Very just taking his special. first step. 
Yeah, so then we went and he was in he was in his car seat on the sideline with uh with a friend of mine. Um and he basically slept the whole time. Um uh, it's kinda hard switching off mum mode and getting into sport mode. It kinda takes me a little if he's there with me, it takes me a little while to kind of switch off mum mode and kind of concentrate on what I'm up to. So uh, I think we've kind of learned to do that now. You know, he's come to a few of my games um, and he's been to tournaments as well. Not abroad, but, you know, day tournaments, um, which I think is difficult for such a little one. You know, they kind of get a bit bored if there's nothing really for them to do. I think it was summer series as well, so it's pretty hot. And, you know, you're you're on the field trying to hydrate yourself. You're like, is, is he drinking enough water? Is he okay? Um but yeah, he's turning five soon, and I'm kind of training them up already as, uh, as how to handle a ball and how to catch and, and things like that. So hopefully, we'll be on the field together at some point. Yeah, I think so. For me, it's kind of crazy because Silat is seven, eight months, so I've mm. not had that experience yet, obviously, with Corona to have him on the sidelines. So I'm really intrigued mm. to see how it will be, and also the fact that obviously my husband plays as well, and we usually play if not mixed, either at the same tournament, wherever we go, the girls and the guys go together. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think it will be really interesting. I think that's what you say there of like switching off mum mode, because although, for example, my husband is brilliant, he does everything as we just saw, um, mm -hmm. it's still that thing of, oh, did I remember to do that? Did I remember to do this? And did I, I think it's really hard to pass that, um, that responsibility over. So it'll be, I think you're right, like with that switching off between mum mode. Um, Robin's just commented, I feel you, Ruth. We drive five hours to Sheffield for Opal and I spent most of the day on the sideline dealing with the nine-month-old Lucas. So I think there's definitely a few other players who are in this same position. I know with Robin as well, it's potentially... There's <laughs> also potentially times when her and her partner are playing at the same time as well. So I think... Uh, I going to give yeah. a, a shout out to Robin. So I'm the only one um, on the call that's, that's not a mum. And I think for me, I feel like I've... Uh, um, found football quite late. I didn't play my first game of football until I was 32 and I just absolutely wish that I found it at a younger age mm -hmm. so that I could, you know, have the opportunity to kind of juggle things potentially a bit more. But I'm kind of insane for the last few years. It's like I'm probably, you know, I can't play for, you know, well, I can probably play for forever, but I can't play at a certain level forever and I do want to at some point have a family. Um, I think have we lost heaven for a second? <laughs> yeah, we'll give her a second to, to pop back. Um, but it, it's interesting what Heather was going to. Yeah. <laughs> um, she back? Oh, you're back. I'm back. So yeah, so I think obviously with the whole having a year off has not helped that timeline whatsoever. And at some point you are going to have to make a decision, you know. We all love the fact that, you know, you're all about geriatric pe pregnancy when you're over a certain age in your 30s, which is a fantastic terminology. Um, but, um, you know, I think that for me, I want to play football. And then when I children, like that, at that point, I feel that it will be harder to come back. Um, and I wish I'd have found football earlier so I didn't have to kind of have this, like, because it really is, like football's a massive part of my life, but obviously starting family will be a massive one. And then on the other hand, you've got the amazing Robin, who I was about to say, who is social super mom. Um, had like you know I've been sort of I met Robin when first time I met Robin was when she was pregnant on the sideline watching Nikki um, and then she came and played um, afterwards and like yeah there have been days when um, she has had Lucas on the sideline but he's part of our family as well like he's part of the pirate family and we I love seeing him and like you know he yeah he's just great to have around and but seeing 
that sort of juggling is is something that you know I, I see that that's obviously like hard work um, and then we've got um, Angela who also plays with us so she's uh, um, she's been off um, currently and had her second but she's come back again since um, having her first comeback play the season and then gone up and had another kid so yeah it's like I have absolute respect for all of you um, and it is a um, an interesting juggling act and you're all doing amazing jobs so yes. <laughs> I think that's quite an interesting point that you're making, Heather, in terms of um, having kids and coming back to the sport. So I know, Helen, you said your son was already nine when you... Yeah, um, I was a late starter as well, Heather. I started at 35 <laughs> to contact, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, which in itself is a whole other topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, at what point you can start, I think that's also absolutely brilliant. Um, but Heather, for example, you said maybe you would like to have a family. Do, is that something that crosses your mind, really, in terms of... Because I know this is something I'm dealing with a lot at the moment, and maybe Robin can give me some advice, I don't know. But getting back into football after having a child or getting around the mindset of... I mean, I was actually really fortunate with Corona that I actually technically haven't missed a game, um, which is wild. But, um, you know, like thinking about a world championship coming up, which I would obviously absolutely love to play, but not knowing whether my body will be there or not. like. As women, that's obviously a whole other ball game for us. Like my husband has to think, okay, maybe I have a late night or, you know, whatever. But they don't have the whole, I put on 15 kilos and lost 15 kilos and went through major surgery after a cesarean. And um, is that something that would maybe be like, not a roadblock for you, but something you really would have to think about or time or? I feel that's my reasoning is because I just don't, it's the unknown. Like if I carry on on the path I'm currently on, then I have, you know, the control of, of that um and then obviously taking that time off i mean the joke i've been making for the last couple of months is the fact that if i knew this was going to be going on for a year then this would be my perfect time to you know just quickly you know pop a child out and get back to it and um, but obviously like but i mean it wouldn't that's not an appropriate time for me personally but that's that's you know but that's the sort of thing it's the fact that you know i feel that you need you, you will need that sort of length of time and as i'm older i just think that i i, I worry major worry is that unknown of coming back to where you're at um so i wish like in that kind of way that i had more time or you know had you know yeah so there's lots of other eventualities but that's my kind of issue now is this age versus playing football doing what i love versus having like you know having to stop but stopping to have and then what mm -hmm. next so i'd rather kind of get what i want to get out of my system a little bit more before i make that decision yeah, yeah i mean i think there's different and you come out of every pregnancy different you know like i mean like you say you had a cesarean um which comes with its own kind of struggles um but you know i i actually started football after i had robin because i wanted to have a social team that i could kind of go down the pub with and hang out with and then all of a sudden i find myself on a, on a few different teams and you know, I went to Euros with GB Contact uh, in 2019. So it is doable, you can do it. Um, I find, I think we touched on this briefly, like a support network is, is really important, whether that's your your teammates, your family, or, you know, just people that you can count on. Um, my husband's always been really, really supportive. He's always been like, don't worry about it, you know, go off and spend the weekend at, at camps and, you know, leading up to 2019 i was kind of going away sort of two weekends every month for different camps um i was going to different training sessions trying to get in as much training as i could and you know you you have to make that ultimate decision of um it's the balancing act of i do you want to have that 
you know, get to the elite level at GB or, you know, at football? Or do you want to kind of take that hit and take that time back and, and think about having a little win? I mean, yeah. yeah, I think I was 29 when I had Robin. So now I'm in my 30s and sort of still playing. And hopefully, you know, in the future, I, I still want another one as well. I think that's really lovely to hear that um, there's people who have had their kids and then come back to the sport and still feel like they're playing at a good level or whatever. It kind of gives me confidence and hopefully yeah, gives other people confidence too. So yeah, really, exactly. I didn't even know what I was doing, you know. So I really started from from right from the bottom um, after I had Robin and, and worked my way up. So yeah, not that I'm all the way to the top yet. <laughs> Absolutely, always room for improvement. <laughs> Long way to go. And I think with flag, you about... can keep playing longer. I think it's got. Mm. And that's, that's, like I retired from contact and then went into flag. You know, I'm in my 40s now and I still feel like I can contribute to a team so there's still time <laughs> although I do feel conscious that there's not many seasons but then I just keep going <laughs> just keep mm. going I think that's great I mean I'm a firm believer of you're only as old as you feel so if you feel like you can keep going then you've got to keep going huh football's fabulous for that and being around such oh. amazing people you just always welcome I feel so yeah that's that's really nice um, how about in general having family or friends or partners or whatever? Do you like to have the support? Does it make you feel more nervous or um, what, what's your feeling on that? I Maybe Heather, you want to jump in? I think I think having someone on the sideline that's not um, your teammates is quite good because I think that I, sometimes they're a bit of a punch bag to be fair because like you obviously you have certain like a certain role within your team where you have to be a leader or you have to, you know, you have a, the game face. And then uh, sometimes it's quite nice to have someone there to go, yeah, no, I'm really nervous. No, I'm really worried. Or I'll go, I can't find my, I can't find my like flag. I don't really know. Someone that's there. So it is nice to have someone that's not the serious game side of it to have a little kind of release on the sideline. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's been difficult for the pirates. We are, you know so far away from everywhere else um like you know so when we have our home games it's so nice to have see everybody's like families kind of come and see them play um because they don't get yeah, the opportunity or know really what we do unless they have that game day um and if not it's a four-hour drive and we are actually really lucky we've got lots of supportive other halves and you know people that might be local that we know in manchester will come and visit to see us and see us play and stuff like that so it is always nice to have that kind of extra support on the sideline it does kind of give you a bit of a pick me up as well especially so yeah no i i love it yeah definitely enjoy that I'm always a bit embarrassed. <laughs> My husband's quite vocal and very supportive, so I always get a bit embarrassed. He brings the, um, do you know the kettlebells that you get at triathlons? He has a lot of triathlons, he brings those, and he gets Robin to like ring them as well. So yeah. oh, you love having him there. <laughs> I do love having him there, but I do get a bit embarrassed. <laughs> Helen, how about you? What do you think? Well, uh, it's a bit different for me because my parents are quite old and obviously my son gets a little bit embarrassed now he's a bit older so I don't generally have anyone there but Ruth's family is my family it's you know whoever's there to support you is still your supporter I feel so I love you feel like you've collected extra family members yeah 
<laughs> but even other teams as well that you play against, you see their mums and you get to know them. So yeah. like, like Iceni, one of their mums gave me a lift somewhere. And it's just it's just one big family really, isn't it? It's great to have support no matter what. Yeah, I think so too. Um, in terms of traveling for tournaments, um, international tournaments or anything with kids or with family, um, have you ever experienced that? I've, I've played in Big Bowl um, and I was over and I know that we played, it was one of the first years that um, East, EKP, East Coast Pirates um, were over there um, as a flag team and we, we kind of got a few ringers. Um, so we had um, Nastia over from um, Russia to play with us and she had um, her son who, I mean, again, he's like a, a proper human being now. He was like a proper baby at the time. And I just loved that. I love the fact that traveled internationally to a tournament between her and her other half were both playing and juggled, you know, and, and obviously the heat in Big Bowl is something else. So um, it was kind of um, keeping in the shade and all these sorts of things. But yeah, that's, that's, a, that's definitely straight from the off. The experience of seeing traveling with your children to tournaments and and doing it very successfully and it working well with a little little one must have been I reckon, like let I'd, I'd say under a year nine nine months to a year i think but um yeah so got all the nappies and the changing bag <laughs> and everything else you need to think oh. about yeah, like we, the whole like wheeling around the like wheeling the pram and everything else with it around to every single pitch and things like that. It was a military operation. Oh my gosh! I'm already thinking in my head for any tournament. Like I'm thinking sterilizers. I'm going to need a portable fridge. Like what, <laughs> all these ridiculous things. Papoose. Papoose. Not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing I found quite interesting with family watching is I have. For example, often someone like my dad there who is very supportive and encouraging and wants to give lots of advice but doesn't necessarily know the sport. And then on the other side of that kind of juxtaposed, I have my husband who knows everything about the sport. So I get, um, I kind of get two levels of, should we call it support? Sometimes it's <laughs> criticism. Sometimes it's helpful comments. Um, have you ever had any experience with it could be it doesn't have to be family or friends but where you're maybe sometimes getting conflicting advice or do you find one perhaps more annoying than the other the one that does know everything or doesn't know anything have you ever experienced that so I, mom, yeah. my mum my turns up at tournaments and has not got a clue um and, that, that's <laughs> um, and she's you know very much you know are you winning <laughs> kind of like level of but bless her like she's just she'll be there um but no I think it is difficult like I think that especially so up in Scotland all of our mixed teams um for something like flag in new year for example where we had the women's tournament running alongside um the mixed tournament so you have all the other HNC teams are all kind of trying they, they, they mean well and they're trying to like you know put their things but you know, two cents in for everything but I would say in general that for us on the pitch, the Pirates, we absolutely trust our coaches. So it is a case of shut down and like, you know, if they're trying to tell you that it's a run or it's a pass and that's different, but actually when it comes down to ta tactics and it's lit, uh, yeah, I know to not listen and just listen to what I'm being told. Otherwise yeah. that's when it all goes wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, I think my family kind of watch NFL and then come to a game like, this is how you play, right? And I'm like, <laughs> no, not quite. No, and they're like, "Oh, well, I saw them do this in one game," and I'm like, "Great, okay, um, not really relevant here, but that's yeah. that's that's great." 
I think if they were able to watch more games, then maybe they get a bit better idea about, you know, how we play and especially flag as well. Yeah, I think yeah. sometimes the environment can make a difference. Helen? I was just going to agree with Heather. You have to really zone in on one voice sometimes because you can hear too many on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, making sure you stick to your coaches is really important. Yeah. I think it can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes if you're getting yeah. too much support from, uh, from the <laughs> <Yeah>. sidelines. <laughs> I, I vividly remember at Euros in Madrid 2015, first international tournament we've ever played as a team. And we, I think we all froze quite a lot and uh, we're obviously very nervous and then my dad's on the sideline like you should do this you should do that and I'm like yeah like that's kind of one what we're intending to do or two that's not really how it works and um yeah trying to manage all of the noise and the pressure yeah. and running around after everyone and everything it was uh it was quite a lot so sometimes it's I don't know or I think I've done great and then I come off and Benny's like what was the hell did you catch like that and I'm like mm, okay thanks <laughs> so it can be quite difficult to deal with for sure um, Heather mentioned so focusing in on coaches and kind of listening and trusting your coaches. That should quite nicely move us into our third topic of um, should we or should we have more women coaches in the sport? I'm, I'm guessing the answer would be yes. But um, have you had experience with women coaches or is it something you guys might have considered? Or what do you think? Do you trust men more for some reason or another? Open to the floor. Well, I qualified last February, and then obviously lockdown happened. <laughs> so I haven't actually brilliant timing. <laughs> so I am a coach, but I've never actually coached. But it's just the next level, for the, my next career pro progression, as it were, with flag. So hopefully, I will get to use it soon. <laughs> do you think that you can be a coach and a player at the same time, or do you like the idea of moving from player to coach? Um, I'm hoping that I can do both for a while. Uh, and then move on to just coaching but we will see how it goes but yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting journey mm -hmm. but I think having women coaches is good because like we discussed earlier our, our bodies are a bit different sometimes so like backpedaling has always caused me issues with trying to get low and you your center of gravity is a little bit different I think just explaining that to a female coach might be a bit easier because yeah. unless you unless you're a woman, you don't understand why you can't get that low sometimes. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Heather, um, so yeah, I, I definitely same as Helen. Like my future will be in coaching. Um, at the moment, again, because I feel like I have a limited time, I'm wanting to really focus on playing. Um, I think like alongside that though, I am helping out as much as I can with, um, we've got um, within the East Ride family, we've got obviously contact and everything like that, but we've got a cadet flag team. So um, it's a difficult one because it's normally the same time as when I'm playing, um, but whenever I can, I go along and help them there. And I absolutely love it. They're so, it's like, I went along the first time and it was just, it's the smallest thing. So like, you might want to position yourself this before you, and they did it and they just did it. And that was it. And I was like, okay, right. So the next thing I need to teach you because they just absorb everything yeah. and do it straight away. So it's really been rewarding doing that. Um, our coaches, um, all male at the moment, they all play currently as well. Um, and at the moment, like for me, they've got like, like so, so much experience. And I feel that us as um, the players are still like absorbing all that and we are you know literally just taking everything that we can off of them um, and once we get that experience I think that 
I will feel more confident to train and to kind of coach um, like a female level. And it is something they're absolutely pushing us to. And I'm like, not yet, not ready yet. (laughs) Give me a sec. Um, But I think even in the last sort of year to 18 months, they've given us more responsibility as players. So we call um, like defense wise, we kind of start to call our own defense um, and we're sort of making those decisions tactically ourselves and they're there to guide. So it's like little sort of steps where you're kind of getting that knowledge and, you know, and having, you know, and they are confident to give us that knowledge, but they're there alongside us to help us in more difficult situations and, and things like that. And I think that all you can see all these little steps happening that certainly as a team five years ago, our playbook was all oh, everyone run a fly, everyone run a hitch. That was it. That was our level at that point. Whereas, you know, obviously, you know, it's like night and day now, but it's taken that time to get that knowledge there. And it will bring, it will definitely, I can see already, there's so many leaders and people within the Pirates family that will go on and coach without a doubt. So I think it is, it's, I can see the balance starting to tip, yeah. which is really exciting. So yeah, it's potentially just an element of the women's sport being on the increase and that we have, I don't want to say we're old enough, but we've been playing long enough and got the experience that we can then move into coaching. Whereas perhaps when you talk to people, like even when Marcus jokes about how long he's been playing for, then, you know, it's it's hard to get into a coaching a game if you've not played it all that long. So I suppose mm-hmm. that um, that might go up at the same time as well. Um, Ruth, what do you think? Yeah, obviously, um, getting a female perspective on things is always beneficial. Um, getting women in the room, getting women's voices heard. Um, female coaches, definitely. Um, for myself, That was very loud. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I think obviously you need to, I want to play more. I think it's good to have that experience to be able to share with people. Um, And I think that's why we generally have more male coaches at the moment. It's because they have that experience because they've been playing for longer Um, because it, it still feels very early on for uh, for a sport, you know, women's uh, flag football. Uh, I want to see more of it, you know, trying to recruit and get us get us out there. But it, you know, it's it's difficult, and obviously, over time, we will see that natural progression to from players to coaches. Um, as for playing and coaching at the same time, I have done it, and it's very difficult. I find it so hard to balance. <laughs> Even for those of us who can multitask, you know, the women are obviously better at that. Um, Does anyone think that there's a difference in the way that men and women should be coached? I I kind of feel like we're in some ways quite different. And I personally respond a lot more to positive coaching. So I've been coached a lot by Phil Gaydon, for example, and he's very much like, okay, you dropped the ball. Next time, get your fingers together and you're going to get it. Like, off you go. And it's very tick-tack-tuck and it's done and it's move on um whereas sometimes I've found the male side to be a little bit more like kind of argumentative or a lot more like why have you dropped that that was such an easy ball like come on come on get your head in the game which I don't know if it's me personally or me as a woman um that I don't feel like I respond to like that kind of negative coaching do you think that there's a difference is you know have you got a way that you prefer to be coached compared to other people you've seen or what do we reckon? I very much like to cut the. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I like to <laughs> Just tell me, just tell me straight. Like I don't want the, 
you know, the sandwich of good, bad, good. I just want to know straight, like, tell me, tell me, like, if I did something wrong, tell me I did it wrong. If you want to do it in a different way next time, yeah. tell me how you want to help, how you want me to do it. Um, I'd rather just be treated, you know, like you would any other person. But again, it does, it, it's individual. I think as a coach, it's identifying how each person learns and yeah. each person, like, will respond to different coaching methods. Yeah, I don't think that's a male-female thing. I think you'd get men that respond differently to different types of coaches as well. So I don't think necessarily women are different as such. Mm. Just, yeah. My coaches um, have coached me both mixed and for Pirates Women. So... Um, and I, I've, I've sort of taken them aside a few times. You need to, this, we need to do it a little bit differently with pirates. And it's because I think from the pirates and the, and the way in which as well the pirates girls have got better is an understanding of what we're doing. It isn't just mm -hmm. go and do this. And then if and you see like within the mix that um, the men like that's what they'll go do. Just you want me to go do that? Okay, I'll go do that. Whereas I want to know why do you want me to do that? What what and, and what if that doesn't happen? What do I then do? And then and, and an understanding all around it. So then if you make a mistake, you can rectify it rather than like, well, I didn't jump high enough, so that's me. I'm out of that sort of. You know, I'm not done what you want, so I don't know what to do next. And I think so when we've been doing kind of coaching, I was like, we need to kind of build understanding behind why we're doing the physical things. Um, and in that way, because it might not be that we don't have the ability to do that as well as the next person, but you can make up for it by being smarter. Or you know, if it's it's you know, it's like if I'm playing mixed, I'll line up an extra yard back because I know that I might not be as fast against that particular person in front of me. But if I know I'm smarter and I can read it, then then we're equal. Whereas if I was playing against somebody who's is in a in the female game who I feel like I've got a match with, then I can stand closer because I know that I've you know I've got the smarts and I've got the speed. So I think that, but it is that having that the why to be able to work it, work it out. I think that that I've seen that we, we this is what we do anyway. And I notice that's a massive difference of how we are coached uh, when I play female game to when I play mixed game, but with the same coaches. Do you, just a question, Heather. Do you play the same position for female and mixed? Yeah. So um, when I first when I first started out, like five years ago, I played receiver, and then um, I changed over and played blitz, and then now I play corner, and that's right. yeah, that's now what I play for yeah <laughs> blitz more first for both mixed and yeah. um, female, and now I play corner for both. Yeah. Okay. Just interested. Just. Yeah, because I think playing mixed does sort of, it helps with your fitness as well. You can sort mm. of see the difference sometimes when you play just a female team, I think. I think it sort of helps your ability in a way. It's quicker. So talking about the, 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 like the, the mixed and um, like the coaching of mixed and women's on that side of things, do you, do you then think it's quite important for a coach to understand the differences, like you say, maybe mixed is i don't know faster or more active or whatever is the, do you find the game style different do you think that the coaches should be able to recognize that and perhaps women coaches may have more experience specifically playing women's or do you think that it the game's similar enough that you know it works on both sides i think so if i think of if so if, if we're playing mixed it is quicker um and you know i think you know as much as 
I think we want to be kind of equal is if, if you run if I'm doing a running race against a guy I'm I'm not there I'm not that fast as it is basically yeah. so certainly against uh, some of the guys I don't stand a chance but I think like, if I look at our playbooks we there's so many similarities um, and what we've stopped doing as well like when I remember when we first first got over to defense and was playing the women's game it was like playing against lots and lots of like the running game um and i think that as we've sort of you know so everything was being good at tackling um and like that was the most important thing on defense because a lot of it was runs and you know sort of stuff in the backfield and that is absolutely still there but what you've seen in the last sort of two seasons is that you've got quarterbacks now that can definitely throw and um, you've got the deep like deep passes you've got successful like really successful receiver and quarterback partnerships which then mean that you're not just playing back waiting to see what happens in front of you you've got to and that's and that then puts you more into what I guess the mixed game is where you can be am I getting lulled into something because it's run 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 are they then going to punt it and like you know really deep and I'm going to have to be ready for that that's now what you have to think about in the women's game because it's got in, it's got intelligent because mm. it's got more ability alongside of it whereas I think when I first started out it was just very much like you know, we, there wasn't that development, there wasn't that kind of relationship between quarterbacks and receivers. So you didn't have to worry so much about like being, yeah, you didn't have to worry about the catch because it was all going to be runs, yeah. you know? So I think that's where you see as well developing teams um, is that a lot of teams when they're starting out is there is that, there isn't that sort of chemistry. So therefore it is kind of quite a lot of running or short game. Um, but when you get the good teams that have been together for a long while, then you need to cover everything in defense mm -hmm. because reacts every part of it's dangerous so i sometimes have to adapt my style if i'm playing corner against men because of the height difference that's the only time that i'm consciously oh <laughs> quite tall and yeah that's just, that's yeah because yeah, against women I'm, I'm quite tall but against men i'm, I'm not that tall no. <laughs> yeah i definitely think that you're at a disadvantage i don't know how many black eyes i've had just from the occasional straight elbow which for them is literally at my like nose height yeah. so that's uh, definitely something you have to have to uh, change a little bit yeah um ruth have you had any experiences between um coaching between women's and mixed games um yeah i guess um none that i would really i mean you know i've, I've played for the widows um, who obviously, you know, don't really train together. It's just kind of show up at, at tournaments and play together with a playbook. Um, so I haven't really experienced that much flag coaching, um, apart from when the Valkyries are playing flag. And, you know, Simon is very much about players understanding the game. And like you say, Heather, it makes um, a huge, huge difference. Mm -hmm. So um, Simon's still with the Cardiff Valkyries in, for contact. And, you know, we are going through, you know, that understanding of the game. And I think it's going to make huge strides. You know, it's not just understanding your position. It's understanding other people's position. It's understanding um, how defences work and where the... Um, where the uh what's the word i'm looking for vulnerabilities are so you know i've always sort of asked simon for help with with those kinds of things um and then i guess for the mixed team for the hurricanes um i don't think we i don't think i've had a classroom session with them so our coaching is very much practical um and you know honing our our skills our techniques um catching 
route running and things like that. I haven't been playing that long though. <laughs> so potentially we think that we might see a few of these faces going into coaching at some point. <laughs> at some point. Yeah, still a lot to learn. I, even though I've got, even though mm. I've passed the course doesn't mean I'm ready to coach as such. Mm -hmm. I've still got a lot to learn from. So one of the and things well on a BAFA level, we've got obviously this will be the first year that we're doing the um, Super Fives has kind of now been replaced by this kind of conference idea. So it's, it, you know, it is this all sort of regional um, teams and we're bringing a women's level into that. Um, so within that, there will be um, women's coaching opportunities as well. And I think that ultimately that's what we kind of will be hoping is that it does bring opportunity for um, women that are in the game, especially those that have, um, you know, have the experience to kind of coming on and, you know, coaching. That would be the ultimate sort of what we're looking for is it's, you know, women, women head coaches, you know, you know, defensive coordinators, everyone who's like women that's running the show for their regional teams. Um, so that's the kind of where we're aiming for. Obviously, it's a starting point this year um, and it will be a kind of a little bit of a reduced schedule because obviously we can't get started as quick as we want to, as all of us want to. Um, but um, certainly that's the sort of development of what of, of, it's there for. It's there to develop players. It's there to develop coaches as well. So it is like another sort of step to trying to get a lot more women into coaching and obviously to take up those positions within their own teams and obviously um, at a higher level as well. And I think it's important to kind of get some coaching experience from different different people, different places, um, you know, get around, I'm not saying go to different teams, but something we had planned to do with the Harpies when, when we set them up was that we'd invite guest coaches. So I think, you know, Helen's our head coach, but then every we were planning on meeting sort of every month and we were going to invite guest, guest coaches down to kind of run a session for us um, with the intention that that would involve you know seasoned coaches but also those who are just learning kind of given those opportunities for people to come down and you know r run a session for us and see see what was working well what wasn't well and I think you know if we can have those kind of initiatives in other teams and kind of ask players to step up and say you know why don't you take you know, an hour of our training session and, and go through, I want to I want the team to learn X, Y, and Z, you know, come up with a, with something that you can do for that. You know, we can start giving those opportunities back to our women, back to our, you know, back to our people who want to go and, and be coaches. We, I th I'm sure we did something with uh, Andrew, uh, this must be years ago because it was when I was in, in the UK, but we did almost like workshop days where we could all attend a location and there mm. were like a, a handful of coaches there who ran different drills and stuff. And I think what you've said, Ruth, is um, really interesting because it, sometimes it is nice just, you know, somebody might just say to you, oh, if you cut like this, it'll be easier. Mm. And you might not mm. have been told that or your coach might have not noticed or, you know, I always get... To, told now like I always seem to jump with one leg up in the air and someone's like why do you do that and sometimes it's useful just to hear somebody else say it um, or to just try a drill from someone else that you can then take back to your own club as well so I think um, what you said is really valuable and I do remember doing that with the with the workshops that I'm sure Andrew organized some mm -hmm. um, a while back so I think that would be really valuable I, I like that idea as well I think that I've been lucky enough to play for lots of different teams at tournaments and I absolutely agree that 
the coaches, uh, everyone does it differently. So mm-hmm. I've played with Carnegie um, at a number of tournaments and they'll tell me one thing that I've never noticed before or I've never been told before. And then even my first training session up in Aberdeen um, and um, I went over to Moscow with them to play in the Moscow Flag Open and Mike there just said one thing about how I turn with a player. And I was just like, oh my goodness. And as soon as he said it, I was like, now, you know, he's like, something's right at the end of your nose, you literally can't see it for looking. That's literally, it It was the most obvious thing. And it's just one little thing. And then I think that, yeah, the more people that you kind of can get involved with and different teams that you can play in, I actually went and trained with Super Fives with a mix. And again, having players around you that aren't your players. Mm. Honestly, the things that you can take back yeah, it's fantastic. So I do think that if you get involved with other teams, you can do these things like the regionals that we're obviously setting up, the all-conference um, sort of stuff there. And also, obviously, going to GB trials because, again, you're seeing other, like, you know, all these things. If you just take little bits from everything back, not only are you helping yourself, but you're helping your other players as well. So it, def- it definitely is something I would encourage everybody to do. And, you know, just going back to basics, you know, like – I always find that when we have our rookie days and you just go back to basics, it's nice to just kind of build that up again and just be like, oh yeah, maybe I do. Like you say, maybe I do do that when I should be doing this instead. Maybe I should be, you know, and it's it's just don't, don't be afraid to go back to basics. Um, but I was kind of saying is, you know, give our, give our teammates kind of like a safe environment where they could explore coaching, mm-hmm. you know, give them those opportunities, be like, oh, um, why don't you take, I don't know, why don't you take those guys over there and just work on like slant routes and you can kind of watch them and, and give them advice and tips and, and things like that. I think that's, you know, really beneficial and really help us kind of get, get more female coaches. Because I think it all starts, doesn't it, when you sort of start in your own team and then you go, oh, actually, I, I kind of like doing this and I like helping people improve and I like giving, you know, advice to people. So, Yeah. We have a couple of messages. So Russell Begbie, I hope I've said the name right, has written and said, at the Hertfordshire Cheetahs AFC Seniors, our DB coach is female and she's doing a fantastic job. So a little shout out there to the Hertfordshire Cheetahs uh, female DB coach. Keep it up. Um, And Zoe John has said, um, love having development development days and diamond series for that exact reason. So that's obviously um, something that quite a lot of people would be interested in if it was uh, to continue or to take back to their own clubs, et cetera. For sure. So um, I think we will probably wrap it up there. I know we have a few more exciting uh, topics to discuss on the next time round, which I'm hoping we can maybe get Ellie Travis on for one of those. We'll keep that under wraps for now, give you something to look forward to next time. Um, But thank you very much, Helen, Heather and Ruth for joining us. And yeah, is anything else you'd like to shout out before we head off? Happy belated International Women's Day. Hell yeah, I agree with that. That's a good note to end on. (laughs) Super. So thank you very much for your time. And we shall be back again in a month with the next um, Women's Flag Podcast. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and 15 Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all our shows. Also check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customised sportswear supplies.